0: Hey Purpose Claremont, hope all is well with you. Um, Just wanted to share a little something that stood out from today's reading in our reading plan out of Jeremiah chapter 7. Let me pray and we'll jump into it. God, thank you so much for today and a time to uh, be in your word with you this morning. And God, I pray that um, what I believe I heard is of you. And God, it's encouragement, but also it's a challenge and maybe even a a conviction that we need to be... um, brought back to. And so, God, I pray that you would use this time to bless and to challenge us into the likeness of Jesus more and more, um, walking with you, enjoying with you, and then getting in involved in the mission that you've called us to. And so, God, use this time. We pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, so, here in Jeremiah chapter 7, uh, Jeremiah is supposed to share a word from the Lord of the people, um, and pretty much it's, it's not good. The people of Israel have pretty much Uh, Their worship of God is lip service. They actually are engaged in idol worship. Um, I can't remember if it's chapter 6 or chapter 7, but it might be chapter 7, where they actually worship a God where they they kill their children in honor of this false God, which is an idol. Um, I mean, it's an idol. It's made out of wood or stone. No life in it. Um, And so the people of Israel are just really in a bad place. It's this lip service thing. They'll go to the temple and they'll do all the stuff they're supposed to and they actually have this false sense of security thinking well the temples here so nothing's ever going to happen to us and yet god gives this warning that um it's well they're going to be driven out and the temple's going to be ransacked and destroyed and and so um but when i got to verse 23 in chapter 7 it says this it says but this command i give that i gave them obey my voice and i'll be your god <clears throat> and you shall be my people And walk in all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. Now, notice there's this idea of obedience twice in the same verse, but also connected to obedience is, well, the reason to obey his voice is because he's our God and we're his people. So it's relational. And so the reason that I obey God, the reason we should be obeying God is because we're in relationship with God. And if we're in that relationship with God, obeying him shouldn't be a chore Because we trust Him. We know He loves us. We know He's great. He's good. But He loves us and He has His best interests in mind for us. So when we look in the pages of Scripture and it tells us to do certain things, we do those things and tells us to stay away from things. We stay away from those things. Why? Well, because we love God. We want to do what God says and we know that God loves us. And then He he actually says that there's blessing that comes from obedience. He says, And walk in all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. So there's blessing. God actually wants to bless us. There's blessings that come from obedience to God. Now, that does not mean that we get everything we've ever wanted or this is the way to become a millionaire. It has nothing to do with that. But I keep... <clears throat> I, don't know, I don't remember if I shared it on a Sunday or a Thursday or just was talking to somebody. It might have been yesterday. I was talking to somebody. Um, and think about... there's there's there are these benefits of knowing God that's found in Psalm 103... But even the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, those are all part of our walking with God. So salvation is not just, hey, the gospel has been preached and therefore I'm saved and then we just wait for heaven. No, the gospel, one, it is for salvation, but two, it's for living. Like We can actually live the life that Christ lived with the, by the power of the Holy Spirit in obedience to the Father. Instead of us just, I'm saved and I'm going to do a nice few good things and then I'm just waiting to get to heaven. I think God wants us to experience more. It's all, Now, it's always based upon him and everything is about him changing us and sanctifying us. But then you notice that the people of Israel don't really, they don't really do it because you get down to verse 28. It says, And you shall say to them, This is the nation that did not obey the voice of the Lord their God and did not accept discipline truth has perished it is cut off from their lips and the part that hit me now please understand when i say this um getting to live here in the u.s um such a privilege i get that but i i feel like oftentimes um maybe christians in america kind of picture ourselves as the where the where the u.s has replaced israel in god's eyes and that's just not how it is that's not how it works but there are principles that we can take from scripture so when i see this is the nation that did not obey the voice of the lord their god we're a nation that <clears throat> had had judeo-christian back like background i, would, I don't know if it, it was ever a completely christian nation i don't think that that's true but we have judeo-christian principles this idea of god and morality and and it seems like that's kind of start that's swayed away way to the uh, way to the side, like left and right, wherever we want to go, whatever direction you want to call it. But we're not obeying the va- the voice of the Lord, <clears throat> not accepting discipline, which is training, or God confronting us with what? Truth, because truth is perished. That in our nation, truth is relative. It's kind of like whatever you want it to be is what it is. And I think what we're seeing is <clears throat> is the after- is, is the aftermath of that idea, when truth becomes relative, everyone gets to define what truth is. When truth is relative, I'm not accountable to anyone else or anything else. I get to do what I want, which means I get to be my own God. And when that happens, all of a sudden we begin to worship idols, which is us. And I believe there's other idolatry out there, but when I read that I just thought, man, God, like is this kind of a are the principles in this or there descriptives in here about us? And I just really believe that there are. And so is there hope? Absolutely, there's hope. Church, we're here. We were left here by Jesus, empowered and filled by the Holy Spirit to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And then it hit me, and I've used this before in a message and um, and was just trying to, when I was trying to wrap my head around some things, but I started thinking like, are we really accomplishing what Jesus wants us to accomplish? And the thought hit me. I mean, how often have you had um, like a Mormon or Jehovah's Witness come up and share share their faith with you. Well, can you think of the last time that a Christian did it? Where a Christian came up and started telling you about Jesus, not knowing that you were a follower of Christ already. And I can't. I honestly I can't remember the last time that happened. And it made me start thinking: Are we really fulfilling the Great Commission, going out and one? When you get to Romans one, that I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. For everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Like I'm not I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And then have I accepted the call, the mission that Christ has called us to, to go make disciples, baptize those disciples in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teach those disciples to obey all that God has commanded. But here's the thing. That's that's a the great commission at the end of Matthew twenty-eight is for every follower of Jesus. And so I'm I, I sat there and I thought, God, is part is part of the reason that truth has been rejected, or has been pushed to the side, It's perished, is it partly because, or maybe a lot of the blame on us, the church, that at some point we stopped going? Like you told us to go, and that word go in Matthew 28, it's like keep going. Don't ever stop going. Keep going with the gospel. I'm really convinced that the at the heart of the matter and how we change society and a nation is the gospel. I think that changes it completely. I think that's the root of the issue. The root of the issue is there's sin, the, the remedy to that root is Jesus and his gospel, that we need to get back to it. And I know that we live in a very lucrative nation, and there's blessings that come with that. That's wonderful. <clears throat> but I read this in a book uh, by Dallas Willard called the, the Spirit of the Disciplines, and he recalls a story about uh, Thomas Aquinas. He says it this way. He says, the story goes that while walking amid uh, the splendors of Rome, this was, this was I mean, hundreds of years ago. Um, He said, a friend said to St. Thomas Aquinas, we Christians certainly no longer have to say to the world, silver and gold have we none. So imagine this friend looking at all the wealth that was in Rome and then the power that the church had as it connected to Rome. It's like, we don't have to say, we don't have anything now. To this, St. Thomas replied, but neither can we say to the lame man in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You remember that? that's that's from Acts chapter that's from Acts chapter three. And so um I I I guess I just looked at the passage today and just was praying through it. And again, this I really only want God to be exalted and noticed and never my opinion or my agenda. But church, I just really believe we can do this. We can keep moving forward in the gospel. Grace and truth love people like Jesus loved them while still holding to truth. But preaching and proclaiming, declaring, explaining, sharing the gospel, every single follower of Jesus. I mean, just think about it. If every Christian of all the churches that are, and we're in, if you're listening outside of Southern California, wherever you're living, but just say say the five or six towns or cities around you, if every person who claimed that they're a follower of Jesus would share Jesus one time this week with someone just bring them up in a conversation and see where god leads that conversation imagine how many people would hear about jesus instead of us waiting for events and programs and things to invite people to so that the professionals quote unquote are the ones that share jesus i really think all of us can do it we want to see a nation change we want to see our society change culture change it's the gospel it all comes back to the gospel so May we go back to Jeremiah seven twenty three and really own this, but this command I gave them, obey my voice and I'll be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the way that I commanded you or that I command you that it may be well with you. May we just simply do the things that God tells us to do. Even in Micah chapter six, I think it's verse eight, what does God require of you? Act justly, love mercy to walk humbly with your God. In uh, in John chapter 2, at the wedding, when they ran out of wine and Mary, the mother of Jesus, is trying to help solve the problem, pulls Jesus over with the servants and tells them the problem. And he says, what does this have to do with me? My time has not yet come. And then she just simply looks at the disciples, or not disciples, but the servants and says, just do whatever he says. Do whatever he tells you. And followers of Jesus, that's it. That's what we're supposed to do. Just simply do whatever he calls us to do. In a time that it seems just so weird and different and at points out of control and maybe it's starting to set in where it feels hopeless, it's never hopeless. The church, uh, I know that we've heard the ideas that church is closed. It's never closed because the church is the people. We've been deployed into our neighborhoods, those that we would normally drive by in order to come to a building to sing to Jesus, which I cannot wait for the day when God says this is now the time to come back together, morning services, just like quote unquote normal. But right now, why not look at it as an opportunity? Like we are home. Our neighbors are right around us. This is the opportunity that we've been waiting for. And this is a chance for us to share the gospel with people. People that are right around us know their name, get to know their lives, um, and to bring Jesus up whenever possible. So guys, I think we can do this by the power of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling the spirit of God. Um, we have the Trinity, the power of the Trinity at our disposal. We, the church, can do this. It is our responsibility to continue to share the gospel, to see every single need met. Because when we are really living out the gospel, we will see physical needs that are met. We'll see um, psychological needs that are met. We'll And people will come to know Jesus and be saved. We want to see people's needs met. We want to see those who are oppressed freed. We want to see those who are neglected um, loved and cared for. Um, the the gospel changes all of this. May we be people who simply just do what God says, know that he's our God, that we're his people, and that he blesses us for our, for our obedience. So just do the little, do the little things that God calls you to do today. And when you connect it to God and God's like, that's exactly what I want you to do. Then guys, every single time, every quote unquote, little, little thing, that we do for God is actually miraculous and connected to the divine and therefore it's majestic and glorious because it's God. Guys, I love you guys more than you know. I hope you guys have a great a great day.